When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Now launching Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Now here comes Gurley from right to left. They're going to throw right side. Goal line caught. Touchdown LA. Robert Woods. And the punt is blocked. Covered in the end zone. Touchdown LA. Second goal from the six. Shotgun snap to Goff, who's empty. He throws over the middle. It's caught. Robert Woods takes a would-be tackler into the end zone. Touchdown, L.A. Uh, this week provides a great challenge. Uh, you know, going against an excellent team, uh, really sound in all three phases. They have great players. They're very well coached. A uh, team that went deep into the playoffs last year, and, and you know, they're, they're going to be ready to go, and, and certainly we have to as well. They've got great receivers. Cooks is a dynamic receiver. Cup is, is really good. Woods is... You know, he looks fast and even better than a year ago. Obviously, Gurley is a hard running back with great speed to get to the perimeter. Their offensive line does a nice job. And I thought Goff took a jump from his first year to his second year, but I think he's taken another big jump here in his third year. They're no huddle offense. Uh, the things they do get in the right plays, out of the right plays. So it'll be a great test for us. So, Manny Hill, I arrived at U.S. Bank Stadium early Sunday, took my seat in the press box, and thought to myself, all right. Let's clear out this game against the putrid Buffalo Bills (laughs) so we can find out on Thursday night the early season supremacy of the National Football Conference. And I thought, in three hours, this game against the Bills will be done, and then this week will be a build-up to this this clash between a team that went to the uh, conference title game last year and a team that certainly is expected to have great success this year. Yeah. Well, the Rams took care of their business against the Chargers on Sunday. The Vikings did not. And I will tell you right now, as somebody who's very curious about the purple, I'm not sure about you. I have no clue what to expect now. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I I have, I mean, because of what happened to the Vikings on Sunday, because nobody really saw that coming, I don't, I mean, everything, because if you look at this matchup, everything says that the Vikings are going to be that this is going to be an uphill battle for them. They've got injuries. They've got guys out. It's a short week. They're coming off a strange, difficult loss. They're on the road. They've got offensive line problems, injuries. They're going up against a pair of defensive tackles that are out of this world. But I could totally see the Vikings going into L.A. and winning this game tonight. I don't know why, but it just because, because this league is crazy. That's this league. Because yeah. this league does not allow you just as just as we were 
Uh, foolish for dismissing Buffalo completely. Now, I'm still shocked that the Vikings lost by that much. But you know what? If Buffalo had come in and won by three, you'd be surprised. But then you yeah. turn around and kick yourself and say, that's this league. That's why. I could see the Vikings winning this game by seven points, by 13 points. I don't think they will. I but could I also have, see but, them getting drilled and blown out of the building. I will say this. <laughs> I will say this, and this comes as a person who's watched this team for a long time, and, and I think this feeling is probably shared by lots of folks around town. I would say if I had one word to describe tonight, it's trepidation. It's trepidation. <laughs> because I, with what has gone on with, with this team, with injuries, with what happened on Sunday, with the, the week-long story with Everson Griffin, I have no clue now, and I don't know if they're going in in the right mindset. I don't know if if they all knew about Everson on Sunday, and now in retrospect that affected them then, but it won't affect them as much now. Uh, the only the only thing that if we are to believe that a bunch of these guys knew about Griffin on Sunday, this once again, and this is human nature, and I'm not placing blame here. But I never, ever want to hear again, distractions don't matter. Oh, we overcome the distractions. No, you overcome if a teammate... You can try to overcome them. And if a guy blows out his knee or something, and that's that's troublesome, and certainly, but that's sort of the norm. But this is, this Everson Griffin thing is a totally different different situation. And I saw it with this on Sunday. If we do think the guys knew about this going into the game, uh, I saw it in 2010. When the roof came down and all hell broke loose, when teams say that distractions, that they can bypass distractions, I think what they're trying to say is that they have the ability to bypass the distractions, which are the norm of a season. But if you have something happen to a teammate that's off the charts like this, or things just start to snowball wrong, I think the ability, the the want of teams to say that doesn't impact us is a bunch of garbage. Yes. Do, do you think that, I mean, everything from a physical standpoint makes this game tough for the Vikings because it's a short week and they had to travel and all of that. But do you almost think that, or at least buy into the theory that the fact that this is a short week could actually help them, at least help them forget the Buffalo game very quickly? Because if they have to sit and stew, if they had to sit and stew on this Buffalo thing for a week, or if this was going into a buy or something like that, you yeah. wonder if that would affect them more. I wonder if this short week of you put the game, you put the Buffalo game behind you and just completely forget about it. Because now, as soon as you're done, you have to turn your attention to the Rams. I wonder if that might help them too tonight. I'm not sure. I wouldn't dismiss it. Yeah, I wouldn't dismiss that. And now I, I saw a stat. Uh, Ben Gessling of the Star Tribune tweeted this out yesterday. Since 2006, teams from outside the Pacific time zone are 1-7 in West Coast Thursday games. And, but I immediately, here's the best part about 2018. I immediately saw, saw this response, Manny, too small a sample size. That's too small. You can't. I'll repeat yeah. the I'll repeat the stat. It's a small sample size, but I think Is it's it pretty really telling. that small of a sample size, though. That's pretty significant. Yeah, since That's two eight games, since 2006, teams from outside the Pacific time zone, i.e., the Vikings tonight, mm-hmm. are one and seven in West Coast Thursday games. It's pretty telling. Yeah, and and but that goes back to what we talked about yesterday, which is having a team turn around with three days rest is tough enough. Sending them. 
two time zones away is an incredibly big ask. Well, that's why, I mean, you even see it the opposite way where you see a West Coast team that has to travel to the East Coast and to play like a noon game. You always see those West, like if Seattle has to go to New York mm-hmm. to play like the Jets or the Giants or something, it, yep. they always get off, if, if it's a noon kickoff especially, yep. they always get off the slow starts because that's, that's a 10 a.m. kickoff for those guys. So, I mean, I think that there is something to be said for tra- having to travel time zones and if you have to do it quickly or sooner than what you normally would i think there's i think there is something to that ding ding is jimmy leaving (laughs) can tibbs let him go these are the days of our wolves It's gotten so big that we're now getting double bylines from ESPN.com. Okay. Woj and Zach Lowe. Headline, Timberwolves asking price holding up Jimmy Butler trade. The Timberwolves asking price to trade all-star forward Jimmy Butler remains quality veterans, top prospects, future assets, and salary cap relief, which is presently too steep a package for interested teams, NBA sources told ESPN. Throughout trade talks, Wolves president and coach Tom Thibodeau has continued to try to recruit Butler to ease off his trade demand and return to practice with the team, league sources said. Butler, of course, has yet to attend a Wolves workout and wants to sit out until the franchise executes a trade for him. Teams pursuing Butler remain skeptical of Tibbs' desire to execute a trade, believing that he's making counterproposals that Tibbs knows teams will never accept. That's today's report. All right. I have I have been advocating Manny Hill... That Tibbs and Layden adhere to what Glenn Taylor's telling them and just trade this guy. Get what you can for, for him, but you need to make a trade. Mm-hmm. Well, the pushback on Twitter from lots of people, including our own and one of my favorite, Patrick Royce, has been, are you just going to give him away? Are you just going to give him what he wants? I mean, you know, Tibbs has to well, work a trade here. The thing of it is, is if you don't trade him or if you let this thing fester for too long, yep. you are going to end up losing him for nothing because the longer this goes on, the less likely you're going to get what you want anyway. Exactly. All right. So I want, I don't care if anybody listens to what I'm about to say, other than people who I hope can get AM in Target Center. Because I'm honest to God, I'm about to tell you what needs to ha- happen next. And, and by the way, Woj is not making stuff up and he's not getting strictly played by the Wolves' competitors. If there was one team telling him things, I might agree with you people, but quit telling me that Woj is getting played here and that the Wolves are trying... No, no, no. Woj doesn't get played. And here's the uh, here's the other thing. Starting point from now on, no good guys. Mm-hmm. Tibbs, Layden, Taylor, Butler, Bernie Lee. Don't side with any of them. Everyone's a bad guy here. This is the departed. Everyone's a bad guy. There's no good guys. That's so a good please, reference. So please, please, Wolves fans, stop acting like your team might be right here. It's okay to turn on your team when they deserve it, and they deserve it here. Same with the Vikings. It's okay to say, what the hell is my team doing? I'm upset at my team. You don't have to drink the Kool-Aid. But here's the answer. I've come up with it. If you are, If Glenn's not going to fire Tom, and Tom is going to, and let's use the word because it's correct, squat on Butler. He's squatting on him. He's basically begging him to come back, hoping he comes back, and meanwhile, he is holding him hostage, essentially. I just, what bothers me about this whole thing is just 
what we're hearing that they are basically just turning down almost like they're just being very dismissive of any team that tries to contact them in regards to trading for Jimmy Butler. Whereas if, if, because you know, you get so many people that say, well, it's a negotiating tactic and all of this other stuff. If it's a negotiating tactic, wouldn't you want to embrace as many offers as you possibly can and listen to as many offers as you possibly can to try and create some sort of a bidding war between three, four or five teams? Because that doesn't sound like that's but what they're doing go- right now. But if we're going down the path that we're going down right now, and, and keep keep in mind too, two things: no good guys, everybody's nuts. Mm-hmm. All the, the whole thing's crazy. So nobody's acting. So quit giving me rational explanations. This isn't <laughs> rational. This isn't. This is. This is. Think of it this way. This is a jilted coach. Quit a jilted rational exa- explanation. Yeah. Quit give, Quit <laughs> a, quit acting like somebody's going to come to their senses. All right. So Manny Hill, here's the answer. Okay. If Tibbs is going to go to Glenn and say, Glenn, we're doing this my way, unless you fire me. And Glenn's going to say, I'm not going to fire you, Tom, and I'm not going to fire you, Scott. Here's what we need to read next. And Tom, you're not Belichick. Talk to the media. Quit with his BS. You're not that smart. You're you're far more Brad Childress than you are Belichick. Uh, yeah. When are we going to read, and this is, the, this is what you need to get to... Um, Chris Hines, Johnny Krasinski, Chase Frederick, as soon as possible. You are sending, and I'm not, this is not an idea. This is me telling you what to do and it makes sense. You are sending Jimmy Butler home right now. And don't tell me about this rehab BS. That's all a game. That's a charade. That's a buying time charade. He's not rehabbing. He is playing right now. Pick up basketball. You're sending him home. He is going to be fined every day of his absence. As soon as you can start to find him, he's fined. Jimmy Butler wants what? Attention. He needs attention. He needs attention, and he loves this. He loves the fact that he's got tips. So quit begging him to return, and what you do is you start ignoring him right now. Attention is the oxygen of Jimmy Butler, so don't give him his oxygen. Ignore him. So here's the only thing I will say to that. If... You do decide if you send him home and you start to find him for every day that he's not there. Mm-hmm. Are you are you running the risk of him deciding to show up because they don't really? I mean, do, Tibbs probably wants him to show up because Tibbs is desperate to keep him. No, because but, there, but if you're if you're the team, now, he won't show up. So you, so he you really think he up, won't show up? He won't show up, and he will be attention deprived. And little Jimmy can't take that. You spend then you spend at least two days, if not more, ignoring every call from his agent, Bernie Lee. Bernie Lee's only guy is Jimmy Butler. They're peas in a pod and they're working you right now like you are fools. So you don't pick up the phone. So now he's fined. He's essentially suspended. He's not allowed here. You don't want him here. And you're ignoring you him. Think, I, I would think he would show up though, Judd. I would think he would try to show up. All right, if you so- if you send him home and say you're now going to be fined for every day that you're not here. I tend to think Jimmy will show up because, but, but like, it, to your point, yep. he likes attention. But at least if you do that, you are no longer getting played. You've got him doing what you want him to do. Okay. You're begging him right now. It's pathetic. You look pathetic. You look like the kid that couldn't get a date. You look pathetic. So what you do, if you get him to show up, all of a sudden, guess what? The game swings to you. You allow it, but I would say, Jimmy... If this is what we're going to do, number one, you're off the table on trades. I'll still talk about trades, but we're not going to trade you ASAP. That way teams know you're serious. So now if you really want him, you got to come get him. 
But you, if you're going to squat on him, quit begging him to show up and quit having him in town here. Send him home and ignore him. So call call his bluff, guys. Yes, absolutely. This is what he wants. He loves this. He's gotcha. And Tibbs <laughs> is allowing himself to be played because he's a jaded executive. Take control. Somebody take control. I think he would show up. Well, you know what? Then he's playing your game. Yeah. Then you've swung the game. And it's in your favor do as opposed really, to right do, now. But, but the thing of it is, though, Judd, do you really want him to show up now? Do you really, like, if if you're the Wolves, do Because my thing, the way I look at this whole thing is they need to get a damn trade done. Uh, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm not with saying, you on this, but okay. And but, I'm not saying go and just right, take any offer that Miami I want him throws to show at you, do, but you've got to find a way to get a deal done. Do I want Stop him, dragging your feet on Do this. I want him to show up personally? No. But I'm using common sense. They're not. And if Glenn's not going to fire Tom... What Tom has to do is have some pride here. Have to stop being rational about this. Yes, right? stop being rational and let's go with either <laughs> See, one that's of the tough two. For me, because I'm always the one that's trying to encourage other people to be rational, and I would like to be too. <laughs> but if we're going to deal in complete dysfunction here, yeah. let's deal in it and let's at least take control. If <laughs> if if Tibbs is going to control the situation and he wants Jimmy, I am giving Tibbs a playbook for how to get Jimmy back here. If you ignore him, he'll show up, and if you bag him, he's going to play you. You know, if you presented this with Tibbs, he, there's no way in hell he would listen to you, right? Because he doesn't listen to anybody. But he's not rational. He's not being rational. Tom, be rational. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokely On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Quick check on your traffic. Uh, we've got a big one, 94 eastbound. If you're headed towards uh, the border, headed to uh, Wisconsin at the state line near the river, of course, look out for a crash. Uh, this is going to add about 21 minutes to your uh, commute if you're headed that way. Roadway is reduced to one lane. Expect delays uh, probably for about the next three hours while they try to get that uh, situation uh, cleared up. Also, 94 westbound. Uh, we've got a 10-minute delay between Riverside and Cedar in Minneapolis. Look out for a crash there. And, uh, yeah, 62 westbound, uh, adding about seven minutes to your commute. That's uh, between Cedar and Bloomington Avenue near Richfield. Look out for a crash there. Second goal from the sixth. Shotgun snap to Goff, who's empty. He throws over the middle. It's caught. Robert Woods takes a would-be tackler into the end zone. Touchdown, L.A. It was a humbling day for us, and specifically offensively, I thought they did a great job. You know, I really after our first drive, um, they regulated us. I, you know, I put us in some bad down and distance situations, didn't make some very, didn't make very good calls, and you know, Coach Zimmer did, and those guys made plays. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd, right now. Judd, Manny, and Chip Scoggins of the Star Tribune. Hey, How are you, Chip? Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Well, that's okay. A little late. No, good. No worries. I was here, but then late. Well, you were working. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean McVay on last year's Vikings-Rams game at, T- at U.S. Bank Stadium, in mm-hmm. which the Vikings pretty much uh, defensively at least schooled the Rams. I told Manny to start the show, Chip Scoggins. This is a game tonight. When I sat down Sunday morning for the Bills game, I thought, let's get this done because yeah. Thursday is going to be great fun. I have no feel for this thing. No. Though. Well, my general rule of thumb is as soon as you think you have the NFL figured out, go the other way. <laughs> so if everybody's saying, ah, this is going to be a slaughter, pick the other team. And that's how it normally goes. It's, a lot of times it's whoever's been embarrassed or whoever's the most desperate wins the game. And so I'm not saying the Vikings are going to win, but 
after last week, there's a whole lot of, boy, they've got no chance to win this sucker, you know, and it's, yep. I don't think that's the case, but I don't think I'd pick them to win, but I'm, I'm curious to see the response because that's, we've been in that locker room a lot. That's a prideful group. That's still a really talented group. And so I, I think you're going to see obviously a better effort than what you saw last Sunday. Cause I, I still for the life of me can't figure out what the heck that was. All right. Do we think now in retrospect, because I said on Monday, I need more information. Yeah. Like that was so inexplicable. Yeah. Inexplicable. Do we think now that Griffin's non-presence and and what was going on in his life impacted them? And I think most importantly then from just strictly a football standpoint, the the question becomes, is that going to carry over until through Thursday or have they sort of worked through that on Sunday? Yeah. Talk about the emotional part first. You know, you you could never prove it. I don't think you can dis- discount it because it's not like this is just the guy's missing for an ACL or had a you know death in the family and he's away. I mean, this is you know a sad situation with with a guy who's pretty beloved in that locker room and he's a captain. And so to think that it didn't have some uh, factor, whether distracted or guys' minds elsewhere, I, I think it, you could reasonably say it did. Now, did it account for all of that? No, probably not. Um, and then, you know, Mike Zimmer said, I don't use that as an excuse, but I'm sure for some guys it was on their mind. And I saw some people say where players, you know, weren't aware of it. I don't buy that. I mean, players know everything that's going on in the locker room. So I'm sure everybody knew that something was going on with them. Um, and in terms of just pure football, obviously you're taking one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL off the field. And so right. that, that's going to, you mean Stephen Weatherly? I think he had a sack or half sack the other day, but he's not Everson Griffin. He's a nice player. He, yeah, he's. I think he's he, a nice player at yeah. this point, right? So you, yeah, you can't take a guy who's a second team All Pro off the field and think it's not going to affect you. And so, but the defense still should be. You know, there, there's still a lot of stars on this. It's not just a one person defense. And so, um, yeah, they're not as good, but it's not like you know the defense is going to crumble or should crumble just because he's not there. Chip, I'm really curious about how the Vikings offensive line is going to hold up tonight because, if, okay, you figure Elf line is going to be back and at center and, you know, yeah. we'll see how the, the other four guys look and Riley Reef and he's a little banged up and see how he looks. But I, I feel like if this offensive line can give Kirk Cousins enough time with Aqib Tlaib being out and I don't know, is do we know if Marcus Peters, is he going to play? Is he I, out? I don't think he's, he's going to play. McV- was yeah. he doubtful? I didn't yeah. see well, what McVay the said like. earlier in the week that he's kind of day-to-day. I, and yeah. Not I think on a short week. Be out. Yeah. yeah, on a short week, I don't think you – I think teams typically sit guys because it's, you know, that's yeah. not good to put a guy out there on a short week that's hurt. So, so I feel like with those two guys being out, there's if the offensive line can just hold up and be adequate – yeah, that's <laughs> that's a tall order you against that, those two defensive did tackles. You put that I know. If in capital letters and underline and bold. He was using yeah. air quotes, but basically. Just, <laughs> please, just like you yeah, just pray, I mean, just because they're. I mean, if if they can hold up, the Vikings will have the matchup in the passing game. Yeah, but that's yeah, and it's but it's a a gigantic if at this point, yeah. man. I mean, you saw and and the Bills have a good line. Jerry Hughes is a really talented. Pass rusher, but did you see the, the, what, the, the thing he did? Pressures? Yeah, the thing he did, what he did against Riley Reef was just—I mean, it was just running right by him. Yeah. And Reef was clearly hurt. Yeah, he that was, he was must, hurt, yeah. and and so, but now you take your best offense. If he doesn't play, you take your best offensive lineman on the field, and you're playing a backup against a really good defensive line tonight. And so, I don't know. I mean, that you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum since the draft night, the offensive line, and it's you know it reared its head. Um, this past weekend where there wasn't time and he was pressured on 
at whatever the percentage was, it was 50 something, whatever uh, <laughs> the number was. And, you know, you compound that by cousins, penchants for fumbles yep. came back, you know, and, and, yep. and they said after the game that they had the book on him. They know he's a guy that fumbles. And so they're going to try to punch it out. And guess what? Every other team's going to do the same thing. So he, that's something he has to be mindful of now. How much are you, Chip, and we have obviously covered the debacle of the 2010 season together for the Star Tribune. I'm not comparing it to that. We're three games in. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, how much are you starting to get a weird feeling about where things are going for this yeah. team? Yeah. My colleague, Jim Suhan, wrote that today, and we were talking about the other day that, you know, different, obviously different uh, seasons, but just in terms of a lot of stuff is happening. Yeah. Just a lot of non-football stuff mm-hmm. and some of it's out of your control obviously tony spreno dying that's the tragic thing for the team and he's beloved and things but there's just a lot of adversity that this team is dealing with four weeks into the season whether it's having to cut a punter or you know the tie and and you know different personnel things and now with griffin and so it's coaches always like to talk about distractions and minimizing them and, and i don't want to say a death is a distraction but there's just this team has had to deal with a lot so far. I do think, and I told Manny this to start the show, I do think this notion of distractions don't play a role is nonsense. I think if a guy tears his knee up, yeah. that's too bad and you're upset. But you know what? I've seen it a thousand times before. I'll carry on. Correct. But when you have an offensive line coach die suddenly, mm-hmm. when you have a teammate have an episode, mm-hmm. when you have... And that's why I am always big on wisely controlling what you can control, which means if you need a guard, go get a guard. Yeah. If you think it might be tempting fate to draft a kicker, don't draft the kicker. So at least then you are, if things do start to go sideways, you're not piling on because you're right. There's some things you can't control. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what feels weird about this to me is the Vikings, it feels like they've had some misfortune for sure. Yeah. But it's being compounded by the fact that they got cute, and now and now the stew of distractions is becoming larger than it ever should have been. Yeah, they've had things that they can't control, unfortunate things, but then also some things they could control and didn't are popping up now. And that offensive line, we, we you know we've talked about it, and they didn't address it in a you know they drafted a guy in the what, second round, and so they did address it, but. You know, they had a chance to really... But a tackle when they should have taken a guard. Atta- yeah, but, it, you know, fortify it even more. And now uh, you knew their depth was going to be an issue. And uh, it took us a couple injuries. You show up to camp and Nick Easton's gone right off the bat before you even start. And, you know, Elfline misses all the camp. It's the first game. So, um, yeah, it's 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 just a lot of stuff that, that has happened in the, in the first three weeks where... I don't think in the NFL you should never, ever say things are going to be smooth sailing because it never is. Right. But, you know, there's just this assumption that, man, all this stuff, all this positive things are happening. You got this quarterback, the line, or, or the, uh, all these, you know, getting Steven, or Sheldon Richardson, all these guys are back. These contracts are signing uh, Super Bowl or bust. Well, they're going to face adversity. We need to stop to think about that, too, and now they are. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's, that's it's just... It's th- three games in, so I, I think a comparison to 2010 is certainly not apt here. Yeah. But it does feel, it, it's just, this is why I said, don't draft a kicker. You know, oh. don't cause that problem. When the, because, because as questionable as things were in, in that first half in Green Bay, he mm-hmm. makes, if you have a veteran make one of three kicks, you win that game. And now you're 2-0. and 
And and you know what? You're going to win games at times you don't deserve to win. And that was that t- type of game. So that's why, you know, and, and I continue to harp on that because it's things where you look at it and say, I hate I hate when an outsider like myself can examine a situation and yeah. be like, yeah, that didn't make sense. If 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 that penalty on Clay Matthews is not called, he doesn't miss the other two kicks, right? And he's still here. How long does he make it through the season, though? Or do you think it's inevitable <laughs> that no. you have to cut him? I think he makes it through until he faces a big kick and he blows it and yeah. blows that. Yeah, no, that that's true. That's true. And if Clay, yeah, if Clay doesn't take that Which, penalty, you the the thing about that game was you're in Lambeau Field and you got incredibly fortunate and you got a bad call that went your way and the football gods basically said on a platter here's the game. Yeah. And you still couldn't take it. And you're being you cute. Yeah. That's what I'm that, saying. That like, that's game, such yeah. a weird game. That's one of those, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's right. just a lot of stuff. All right, let's come back and uh, let's talk some Wolves. Because I've, I haven't talked to you for a week, which means yeah. that things in the Jimmy Butler soap opera have certainly evolved. Mackie and Judd, Phil will be in at 4 o'clock. TCL Broadcast Studios right now. Zolgad, Manny Hill, Chip Scoggins. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. Is Jimmy leaving? Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. All right, Chip Scoggins. I love that. I actually used to watch that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was in college. Was great get, stuff. Get over class. Yeah. Days of our lives beyond. Yeah. Days of our lives. Young and restless. All my children. Yeah. All right. It's been a week since we talked <laughs> on these airwaves about uh, Jimmy Butler, and obviously things have not changed in so much as that he's still here. Uh, your thoughts on the latest, including the greatest dog and pony show of all time on Monday, when Scott Layden brought his cell phone to the press conference table, <laughs> put it down, and said, yeah, we're getting so many calls, I'm monitoring right now. Yeah, and it didn't buzz once, right? Of course it didn't. No. <laughs> uh, just, um, I, love, I love how dumb they think we yeah. are, though. Yeah. Hey, they'll buy this. Let's use a prop. What a standoff. And it's the thing we don't know is if... what is What is Tibbs' motivation here? Is it, <laughs> I'm not giving up, or... I want out of here too. So, you know, I told Manny, I I don't think that any of this is grounded in common sense. So yeah. I can't tell you. You know, I was listening to your your opening there, and and I understand like, all right, draw a line, stand, change the narrative, yep, win back some of that leverage, yep. But the problem is if you if you sat on him, it, and you just say okay, you know, as it goes along, or even if he came back and played trade deadline, well, I can imagine teams are going to be reluctant to sign him just knowing. He wants to be. It'll be harder to move him the closer yeah, you get b- to February because they want to at least have a full year of him to try to convince him to stay here or resign him. But you know he's he's made it clear. I think it's what well, he wants to be in L.A. or maybe Miami. Miami. A few, it, ch- a, it changes, but a few places. He right? can't decide where he wants to. And the closer he, you get to February, if you if you do end up moving him, you're not going to get nearly well, that's as the much thing. as what you could get so, now. So and team, or yeah, even now, you're not going to get as much. But as you if you're going get. for a rental player in February, you're not giving up a lot. And so I'm not saying they're going to get substantially more now, yep. but you're definitely going to get more than you will at the trade deadline. Can right? I so quickly say this: 
I want to trade him right now. Correct. Yes. Okay, I want to. What I'm saying is that nobody nobody around this entire situation is making sense. So now if you are if Glenn's not going to fire Tom for being insubordinate, what I'm telling Tom is have some pride here. Yep. If if you're going to play this game, let's play this game. And and to, to the next step has to be to ruin your relationship with Jimmy Butler and I don't care. But my my preference is to do what both of you guys are saying. Yeah. I would rather trade him. I'm just being surrounded by people who are no longer making sense. Yeah, in the in the last uh update from Woj, I think it was this morning, maybe in last night, that yep, that teams are not sure if there's really good faith negotiation going on. Like they like they're not sure Tibbs really wants to do it, so they're he's right. expecting the moon. Um now how much is that of them trying to put public pressure? On the, on the wolves or how much is it? You don't know if Tibbs ha- privately has a deadline in his mind that says, "Okay, I cannot go past this date, whatever it is. I'll play hardball. I'll pretend that I'm really serious about you know he can rejoin the team, which I don't buy at all. I don't think there's any way you could bring Jimmy back into that locker room with everything that's been said and done. Where you know players' brothers are saying hallelujah, he's gone and and all that, and so. But maybe he has a deadline in his mind where he says, okay, I can't go past this, and I'll just see, I'll play hardball up until then and see what's the best we can get. Because to me, to me, it seems like the best way to get as good a deal as you can is to find some way to, whether it's Miami or the Clippers or Brooklyn, the Knicks, whoever, you know, whoever's getting involved in this, whoever's interested in trading for Jimmy Butler, find a way to put these teams into a bidding war Correct. Yeah. against each other, but it doesn't seem like that's really what they're trying to do. It seems like they're just... It it, 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 it comes off as if Tibbs is just dragging his feet because he's very reluctant to trade Jimmy in the first place because he just doesn't want to. And that's that's the part where, if that's the case, and it really is where it certainly seems like that on the surface, that almost delusional about yes. Jimmy and, yeah. and Jimmy yeah. and, and all these updates... Or the last one that says, yes. "No, I'm not coming back," and he's like, "Nah, we're gonna keep this. Is you know, well, we can we can make this work. We can. That's not that's not reality." Our Woj. So here, this is the question that I think you, you have to ask yourself right now: Are Woj and Johnny Krasinski being completely just used? And my answer is no. They're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. They can smell BS, and they both know a lot of people. If they, if Johnny and Woj knew. The Clippers, and that was it. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, the Clippers are probably trying to manipulate you. But they yeah. they talk to teams all throughout this league. So if you're asking me, am I going to side with what I'm reading that NBA executives are telling two of the top NBA reporters in the country or what Tibbs is trying to sell? Mm. And Tibbs, listen, Tibbs thinks he's Belichick. He's friends with Bill. He thinks he's Bill. Mm-hmm. I we Chip, we saw yeah. the same. Brad Childress thought the same thing. And part of the problem in sports, and we've seen this with lots of people, not just Tom, part of the problem in sports is a lot of times these people think they're a lot more smart and and have an ability to work things that they don't. But I I don't think I've ever covered a situation where a coach is this tied to a player He's in terms of... He's jilted. Yeah, in, in terms of... I, I'm going to do everything. In my, even when he tells me I'm walking away from here, that you're following him and saying, no, you're not. And so that, that creates a uniqueness. And the thing we don't know is is at some point, I got to think Glenn Taylor, who also owns my paper, will step in and say enough. Whatever your best deal is, you take it right it's gotta now. Got to be close, right? I mean that well, that can't be far. You don't wanna, off. Yeah, you don't want to go too far in the season, Judd, because I mean, you're preparing one way, and then 
you need you don't want to just throw you a bunch of players into the mix and say here figure it out you know I mean, you cannot go into this season you cannot go into that first game was it October seventeenth against the Spurs with mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler still on the roster you got to get a deal done before that you I'm, cannot that go into this season. I'm you're talking you you're talking yeah. almost it would have been what over three weeks from yeah. the time he or a month since. you have they have to get a deal done yep. they cannot I mean this you cannot let this fester into the season you just can't but if Glenn is going to allow that to happen and Tibbs is going to continue to play this game the next step is to make sure that you send Jimmy home you find him and you take all attention away so he's going to have to so basically you are right now right now Jimmy Butler is a 14 year old kid who wants his parents attention and he's playing them so if we're going to play this game, which I don't agree with, I'm with both of you guys. I think you're right. I trade, but if you're going, but if you're going to allow yourself to play this game, you've got to take control of this game. If you're Tibbs, yeah, he's not doing it. The one thing I would that I would be nervous about as the longer this drags out, that teams start saying, "Forget it, we're moving on." I agree. I mean, we're, we're we're getting ready for a season, and we're not going to mess with our chemistry at the last second. And once and again, Pat Riley will do that. And once again. <laughs> Pat Riley yeah. will. Pat hey, Riley is the guy that well, there, there's a chance. Hey, it's his high stakes poker. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, there's a chance that Pat Riley did that yesterday. Yeah. But I don't. I, I, I don't. Guys. I don't think they're at the point where teams won't shake up the roster yet. I mean, because you're just starting camp. Now, I think if you get within a couple of days of your opener, I think more teams will be like, you know what, we're going to sit tight. So it, it, I think you still have time to make it. I don't think it's especially if you're a team that. If you're a team like the Clippers or the Knicks or somebody that's going to have cap space next summer and thinks, well, fine, screw you guys, we'll get, we'll just sign him in free agency because he's not, he's not staying. Yeah. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna negotiate I've, with you guys anymore. I've got a completely, it's not crazy, but I've got a thought for for you guys. What do you think the percentage chance here are that Tibbs is going to play this his way because he almost wants to be fired? And he thinks he can walk away with the full totality of that contract. Yeah, I've thought about that. I don't know what what percentage. I don't think it's, you know, t- I think it's more that he's so tied to Butler. He he still thinks it can make it work, and he doesn't want it the the marriage to end. But it, I wouldn't. At this point, I'm not discounting any scenario. I I look at Tom Thibodeau at what sixty years old. Yeah, this is probably his last head coaching job. Yeah, and. Granted, he'd be walking away with a pretty big check, but he's not going to get another head coaching job after this. If this, if he ends up getting fired or parting ways with the Wolves, he's not going to get another head coaching job. So, I mean, I don't know if he, maybe he thinks that he can get another head coaching job after this, but I would be, I would be shocked if he got another one after this. So I don't know if he really is trying to get himself fired or dismissed or whatever. And that was... Is Jimmy leaving? Can Tibbs let him go? These are the days of our wolves. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. Let's check on your traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, 62 westbound uh, between 77 and Bloomington Avenue South near uh, Richfield. Look out for a crash there. That's adding 18 minutes to your commute if you're headed that way. Uh, We also still have that crash near the Wisconsin border, 94 eastbound 
Uh, that is closed down to one lane. Expected delay for another two hours or so, adding about 40 minutes to your commute. So uh, be aware of that if you're headed eastbound on 94. And uh, also we have a crash uh, 62 westbound near Edina near Highway 100. Look out for a crash adding about seven minutes to your commute there. All right, TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd. Phil will join the show at 4 o'clock right now. Zolgad, Manny Hill, Chip Scoggins for one more segment. All right, Chip Scoggins. Yes. What are your thoughts? And and there's been talk about this, although not a ton because the Twins have been dead for a while yeah. here as far as their season Are they goes. still playing? They are still playing. <laughs> they are still playing. Oh, get yes, this. they are. The, the Wild starts next Thursday I night. I went there last night. They are as low under the radar yeah. as I've ever seen them. Uh, Joe Maurer. Yes. Do you think, my theory is this, I think he's decided to retire, but Joe being Joe, I think wants to wait and run this past the family. And I think Joe being Joe is probably hoping somebody influential in his life says, go play and he might come back. But I think in his mind, he's leaning towards retiring. Yeah. And and this is based off just pure gut because I haven't talked to him. I I gotta be honest, I haven't been out there that that much since uh you guys were buddies at one time since they uh Back when you covered high school. since they waved the white flag at the trade deadline um i i my gut tells me he's done and you know just being at the end of his contract age production all that thing and it, it is as to me kind of been noteworthy that it's almost like he's stopping to smell the roses a little bit mm-hmm. down the stretch here I've, I've i was at the game when he um when he hit the uh the grand slam he you know he did the curtain call and i think he's done that a couple times and so it's almost like, without saying it, this is kind of like, you know, I'm going to enjoy this, these last few weeks and and soak it up and then have a farewell. Now they could always change, you know. I think it, I think it is wise for any athlete to not make that decision at the end of the season because you're tired, you're beat up, you just want to get away, and you're probably not in the best frame of mind to make that. So it wouldn't surprise me if he takes a month, gets away from it, decompresses, and then talks to his wife and you know maybe his brothers too, and just to say this is how I've been feeling. I still feel that way, or you know, eh, maybe I have a you know I have a little bit left in the tank or whatever. But I, my guess is this is going to be it because I I don't think he wants to. We know how prideful he is about his swing and and all that. I don't think he wants to have really bad last couple of years uh, where he's just not. And it, I mean, obviously his production's dropped anyways. But I don't think he wants to fall completely off the cliff. Don't you get the sense too, Chip, that it's if he does decide to play next year, that it's either here or nothing. I don't. I don't see him wanting to go anywhere I, else. Yeah, I can't see him playing another uniform. I, I really. Now it'd be interesting to see what how the the Twins feel about it, and obviously that'd be dictated by what kind of contract demands there would be or contract stipulations. But I would be stunned beyond anything if he went and wore a different uniform. I did, at this stage of his career, I just can't see that as a possibility. I think if Joe goes to Jim Pohl and says, I'm coming back, he's back for sure. Yes. I don't think that's the one thing that I think Jim would step in and say, we're signing Joe to a one-year contract or mm-hmm. two years. But, yeah, I, I get the sense. And the other thing that makes me think that right now he thinks in, in his mind he's done Every time he does something special, two or three teammates tweet something out. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he he necessarily has told them, but you can tell. Yeah. Like if you spend that much time around a guy, you can tell. And he got the um he got the what, the twins on base 
record a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. And I think post game Barrios tweeted something yeah. out. Somebody else did. And that's about the second or third time that, that he's had a special night and all of a sudden a group of teammates tweets something out. Yeah. I think they can very much tell that Consensus. he is yeah, that he's yeah. he's done. And that's and it, it you know, it just makes sense because you know, if you came back it would be to try to win a championship. Well, they're not close to winning a championship, right? I mean, if if, if this team was really, you know, good, yeah, so, yeah. If this team was really knocking on the door or something, you could be like, "Okay, I can see why he's doing it. There's there's a motivation to try to win a championship. This is not that situation." And so I mean, would he come back to be your full-time first baseman? I mean, do you want to reconfigure that? You know, at some point, I mean, he would not be your full time first exactly. baseman. Exactly. And that's the thing is, I think he would come back with the stipulation that he's probably a platoon player. Does he want to do that? that? That's exactly. I don't think that's the right. And how much? Le- and how much? Truthfully, is left to give there. Like, if he comes back, last year he had a nice bounce back year. Mm-hmm. This year, I think he got off to a pretty good start, mm-hmm. but then got another concussion. So I just I and struggle that, with with how much is left there for him to actually give a team. The concussion thing, I'm sure, is going to weigh in it too because that was you know. That's another, why I stopped playing catcher. Yeah, and, and to have one on where you're, is when you do for a ball, right? Yeah. And against the Angels, and you're thinking, do I want to put my health at risk for something like that happening again, and and then have to go through all those symptoms again? So I, to me, I just I really think this is it. I I would be surprised if it, if it's not. Yeah, I, I I I'm with you. I I just think if if unless if this team was close to a championship or close to contending, then I could see him coming back. But at this point, it's like, what other reason would would it would he have to come back to but, add add to his career numbers? I mean, that's the only right. thing I could think other of than just loves playing baseball and likes being around it. But I, right. I don't know that that's with all the other stuff. I, I'm not sure that's yeah, you know. Thank you, Chip Scoggins. Yep, thanks for having me. All Thank right, have a good weekend. Uh, that was Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune. Check out his columns, uh, of course, Star Tribune in, in the newspaper if you buy a newspaper, which I still do, or Star Thank Tribune. You, you're welcome. Or StarTribune.com. Uh, Mackie and Judd is the show. Phil will step in studio to join us next. Don't forget, also, we are going to 7 o'clock tonight. So we are going basically up until kickoff of Vikings-Rams. The show becomes Mackie and Judd with Manny next. People, people. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout on 1500 ESPN.